When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, February 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh getting ready to head out to Goodyear, Arizona on Sunday night uh, to start his coverage of Guardians spring training. Uh, pitchers and catchers are uh, due uh, to report. I guess it's pitchers and catchers and anybody who's playing in the WBC are are set to report uh, today in Arizona as their, uh, their deadline. Uh, you're going to get out there uh, ahead of the first full squad workout, which is set for Tuesday. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you feeling as you're as you're getting set to to head back out there and get get ready for the grind? Yeah, Joe, I'm excited. You know, I, I think it's uh, you know another year. Uh, it's going to be a fun. You know, I, I I'm I'm really anxious to see. Uh, you know, just what this team can do. You know, after you know such a surprise last year and you know a pleasant surprise. You know, how do they build on that? What what what's the next step? You know, now that you know, do you uh, now they're kind of the uh, hunted instead of the hunter, you know, so, um, you know, they, they they're, they're the division champs. And um, how do you you know, can you can the additions they made, uh, you know, help help this club with uh, Josh Bell and uh, Mike Zanino with in, in the power department? Uh, you know, lots of lots of good questions. Uh, I think, you know, it's an interesting roster and it's going to be it should be fun to, to get, a, you know, kind of a first hand look at it. Yeah, one thing that you're packing on your uh, as you as you prepare for your trip that you, you weren't putting in your suitcase last year was uh, a whole bunch of expectations. And, uh, you know, now you've got something to go off of, you know, last year, uh, no expectations for this team with with all of the young players that they were, you know, looking at playing and, and you know, uh, nobody really having uh, done anything or proven anything besides some guys like Jose Ramirez or, or Shane Bieber. Uh, now you've got guys who have, have stepped in and, and performed, uh, not just the, you know, the rookies from last year, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, uh, you know, 17 other or you know 15 other guys who made their major league debuts with the club. Uh, but uh, guys like Andres Jimenez, who who stepped up and, and really had uh, not just a breakout season, but, uh, you know, an all star, a gold glove season. Uh, you know, how does Andres Jimenez uh, return from? his uh, outstanding 2022 how does uh, Emmanuel Classe step in and and follow up his uh you know league leading uh saves performance uh, you know American League reliever of the year 
uh, outing uh, in 2022. Uh, do Cal Quantrill and and uh, Tristan McKenzie uh, return to the level that they were at uh, a season ago? Uh, lots of questions, uh, you know, that that we're looking at ahead of camp. Uh, but but really, those those expectations are what's accompanying you out to uh, to, to Goodyear this year. And uh, I think it's uh, it's definitely a different situation than it was a year ago at this time. Uh, yeah, that you uh, definitely, Joe. You put that really well. Uh, you know, and teams. Uh, you know, I've seen teams in the past respond differently to expectations. You know, uh, I remember the uh, you know 2007 where you know Cleveland uh, came. You know, within they were up three one in the ALCS against Boston and and blew it. And uh, but still, that team there was a lot of expectations coming out in 2008, and that you know injuries crippled that team, and they really never recovered. Uh, so, you know, we've got to see how, um, you know, this young team handles it. And, you know, plus you've got the, uh, you know, kind of added uh, stress, I, I guess you could say, of not having that full team together for, you know, a, a good chunk of spring training because, you know, some key guys will be playing in the World Baseball Classic. And, you know, I've, I've seen that hurt a team, hurt, uh, you know, Indians teams in the past where, you know, the, the last couple of days a camp, the last five, six, seven days of camp are pretty frantic. You know, when you're trying to put together your roster and, and create some chemistry and, you know, and and the season is coming is rushing up on you, and you you, you know you've missed some vital time with with your guys in the middle of spring training. Yeah, so if all of that is is sort of thrown together in the in the mix in the salad bowl here with with all of that uh, you know thrown together, it, you sprinkle on top uh, maybe the uh, the seasoning of uh, all of these new rules and the rules changes that are, are coming, and you know how how our team's going to adjust how our uh, umpires going to adjust how are uh, you know the individual players and the coaches going to going to manage uh, you know changing uh, not not just the bases and the the pickoffs but the, the pitch clock and 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 all of those new adjustments that they have to make uh, that's that you know that also sort of colors things and changes things so uh, this is going to be a spring training and you know the next sort of 30 to 40 days are, are going to be uh, uncharted territory in a lot of ways for the Guardians. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I've, I've been looking at some video and uh, from different camps, and one of the first things I noticed when the pitchers were throwing their bullpen sessions, you know, like three, four guys in a row, there's a pitch clock, you know, <laughs> on in, in the bullpen session, like, you know, ticking down, you know, so the pit, to try to get pitchers used to uh, thrown with that pitch clock and we're, and everything is going to be in effect in spring training, Joe. So, you know, what these guys got like 30 games to kind of, you know, readjust their thinking. I, you know, like we've said before, I don't think it'll be that tough for the younger pitchers, you guys that have come up with the pitch clock that have played in the Arizona Fall League and the low minors, you know, where the, these changes, some of these changes have been instituted. But, you know, guys like Bieber and and, uh, you know, kind of the veteran guys, uh, I think uh, it's going to be kind of a, a, an awakening, I think. How would you like to be the guy on staff whose only job is to sit there and reset the pitch clock over and over again <laughs> uh, during these bullpen sessions? That that has to be just the most, you know, monotonous sort of, you've got to pay attention. You've got to at least, you know, be engaged with what's going on. But 
uh, just uh, your your only job is to sit there and hit that button and reset the 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 pitch clock over and over and over and over again. Uh, gonna uh, there uh, Tito always talks about unintended consequences. These are the unintended jobs and responsibilities of some of these guys now. Uh, as we're we're coming into this, it it should be interesting. That that he that guy might be a fun interview. The guy, who yeah. Sets, <laughs> maybe it's, who knows? Maybe it's Barney right now. Who that, that could. <laughs> that could be the guy who's out there. Barney's just sitting there in a golf cart, resetting the pitch clock over and over again. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But uh, so, yeah, major storylines from camp. Uh, every, you know, there are so many every every camp every year. We've got them. Uh, obviously, the, the the big one right now, I think, is the, the World Baseball Classic and the nine Guardians players who are going to be heading off uh, at, at various times throughout camp to join their their countrymen and their homeland and you know their teams to to participate uh in this giant tournament that's uh, great for baseball exposure around the world and uh sort of the the world cup of of baseball but uh you know you're talking about guys like Cal Quantrill and uh Andres Jimenez who are going to be vital to uh the success of this team uh, in Cleveland this year and they're getting started, and they're they're getting into game action, uh, starting pretty early, earlier than they've ever probably in their entire careers. Uh, so uh, that you know, there's risk there, and there's you know, these are the guys that you you, know, you want to have healthy in September. Uh, what can we expect? Can we expect Cal Quantrill and uh, Andres Jimenez if they play important roles for their teams in the WBC? to to last for an entire season for Cleveland? You know, uh, great question, Joe. I think, um, you know, you you know, they, when when you kind of spring training is all about kind of easing into that, the, the uh, Cactus League schedule, you know, uh, you know, players only go two, three innings. You know, the starters only play two or three innings at the beginning of, of camp, at the beginning of the schedule, you know, and they gradually build up to four, five, six, you know, seven innings, you know, playing back-to-back games you know that's all a process and but now you know you're playing you know for you're playing to win so you know you really have to uh you know you you have to be diligent in your off-season preparation you know i'd like the fact that you know jimenez went to venezuela and played winter ball there he moved to shortstop you know he got acclimated with that position again after uh you know playing second base all last season so I worry about him less than I worry about pitchers. You know, Quantrill, you know, I don't think he played winter ball. You know, I'm sure he, he threw and he was diligent in his offseason workouts. But, you know, you have to be careful with that. They, and I'm sure, uh, you know, as we've said before, uh, Cleveland has given them, given Team Canada, you know, specific instructions on on do's and don'ts with Cal Quantrill. Right. The The one thing that I think, at least from my perspective, the one thing that sort of reassures me uh, is that out of the five pitchers, out of the five guys lined up uh, right now for starting spots in that that Guardians rotation, uh, I think Cal Quantrill has proven and has shown and just just sort of gives me a feeling of being the most durable out of those five. Uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie really hasn't had an opportunity to show us his, his durability, but, you know, in his rookie season, at least, you know, there was a little bit up and down and they were, they were easy with him and, and sort of took it easy uh, and in terms of his innings and his outings. 
Uh, Shane Bieber, uh, you know, has a, a, a history with a with an injury. Uh, obviously, Savali and Plesak both have injury histories. Cal Quantrill really has been a guy who, you know, has just taken the ball and gone out there. And and really, he's been the most, uh, and I hate to say it, but he's been the most Trevor Bauer-like in terms of uh, his his durability and his approach to, you know, hey, I'll take the ball and go out there and give you whatever I've got as as long as you, you know, want, want me out there. Yeah, and the, the the fact that you know he's pitched out of the bullpen that he started, you know he's he's familiar with all roles, and I think that'll help him because it sounds like initially at least he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen for Canada, and you know that the fact that he's done it before is reassuring. Well, when your pitching coach for uh, the the Canada team is your dad, I think that uh, <laughs> that helps as well. Uh, you know, Paul Quantrill isn't going to let. Uh, you know, something happened to his kid. I don't think, uh, not, not, not in the name of the, uh, the WBC, at least, uh, when, when he's got, uh, a bright future ahead of him in, uh, in the majors. So, uh, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, speaking of, uh, Savali and Plesak, uh, that right there is a, a big question in terms of the rotation and, uh, what, uh, what's going to happen there. Can the two of them, basically hold on to the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation right now, uh, coming off of back-to-back seasons for both of them where, you know, injuries played a big part in, in, in what happened and, and the results for their seasons. Uh, these were both guys who were at one time thought of as, you know, future cornerstones of a rotation. And now, uh, you know, they could be feeling the pressure from uh, young guys, uh, guys like Cody Morris, or, or even eventually at some point in the season, uh, a Daniel Espino or a Logan Allen, uh, guys in the in the farm system who are are ready to take their jobs and take their spots in the rotation. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Joe. That's uh, you know that's one of the big uh, storylines going into camp. You know where are Plesek and uh, and uh, uh, you know uh, <laughs> where are Plesek and 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 uh, Savali. Yeah, where Plesek and Savali. Uh, you know physically. Um, you know, just how you know what what is expected of them of in spring training. What what do uh, the guardians? What are the guardians looking for? Will they slow play these guys? Are they going to be out there once once the uh, exhibition season starts? Are they going to take a regular turn? So, and like you said, Joe, there's there's people lined up behind them to take their jobs. You know, the the key here, I think, is they both have three years. Of eligible, you know, of control left, you know, and I we've seen them pitch well in the past, you know, and and they they have age on their side, uh, experience on their side, but for you know for Savali for two years he hasn't been healthy, you know, and not you know with, not with like a major like a Tommy John or a shoulder, just you know kind of you know nagging injuries that finger, you know the wrist. Um, Last uh, year, I, I mean, come on, he he missed uh, what two weeks with a with a strained glute where he yeah, fell on his rear end. <laughs> I mean, that it, that's just if it if it could happen to him physically last year, it did, and that was just unfortunate. Yeah, and and you know, police act, you know, we he kind of self inflicted injuries every time you turn around. I think uh, you know if he can cool out a little bit, keep his. Uh, keep his control his temper on the mound or and, and after the after he gets into the locker room i think uh, that would go a long way into him having a little more success on the mound and getting some runs some some uh, you know run support from his teammates and you know but joe the you know this is a it's a competitive business and time waits for no one especially when 
you know, you, your organization is built on starting pitchers and you've got a ton of them, you know, at, at the double A AA and triple A level, you know, waiting for their chance. Yeah, the uh, as as wonderful as the draft class of 2016 has been and as productive as it, as it has been, uh, the draft class of 2019 is is ready to, to come up and, and sort of take over. Uh, Gavin Williams, uh, Tanner Bibby are uh, two members of that you know class. If, if you remember of the 21 draft picks that that year, I believe the Guardian selected 19 uh, college pitchers. In, in that draft and uh, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bibby are, are two of the ones that have sort of uh, asserted themselves uh, so far in their minor league careers and, and look like they're, they're ready to make their debuts at some point in 2023. Yeah. And we saw, you know, other guys, other candidates last year, you know, Xavier Curry, uh, you know, Hunter Gaddis, uh, Pilkington, uh, you know, those guys all, you know, Pilkington made like 11, 12 starts, uh, you know, with the big league club, he's a left-hander and, you know, gives him a little different look. So you can't discount him as either. Yeah. And almost every one of those starts came in the uh, second game of a double header. So yeah, yeah. It, it, he's a guy who did everything they asked him to do, even though it wasn't necessarily the ideal situation. Uh, I think that earns you a lot of credit with Tito and, and maybe, uh, you know, gets you a, a longer look than some other, uh, some of the younger kids uh, coming up behind you uh, just because you did everything they asked you to do. And uh, they want, they want to give you maybe a, a fresh start and a clean slate to, to come back this season and show them what you got. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll be watching that, uh, you know, developments with, with police and Savali and how the, the last two spots in the rotation sort of uh, pan out. Uh, also, uh, you know, who they're throwing to is, is a big question. Uh, particularly the backup role is is sort of up in the air right now. Uh, Brian Lavastida is is on the 40-man roster, uh, but they brought in uh, Cam Gallagher. They brought in Zach Collins. Uh, Mabry Valoria is uh, is going to play in the WBC, uh, so he'll miss some some time away from camp. But uh, but he could also be a, a depth guy at uh, Columbus if there's an injury. Um, uh, all of them backing up Mike Zanino who they signed uh, to a, a, a free agent deal, uh, hopefully to add a little more punch at the plate. But it all uh, depends on if Zanino is is healthy and ready to go. They're going to they're probably going to slow play him as well uh, to start the camp. Yeah, Joey's coming off that thoracic outlet outlet syn- uh, syndrome surgery on his uh, left shoulder. Um, that's, you know, limited him to like 36 games. They blew out the uh, catching situation last year. You know, Austin Hedges and, and Luke Maley are, were free agents and signed elsewhere. And, uh, you know, so they had to go out and sign Zanino. And then they brought in what? Like you were you went over the list. David Fry, Gallagher, Valario, uh, you know, uh, then uh, and then Zach, uh, Zach Collins. So, uh, and then, you know, with, and Bo Naylor and Lavastida, you're on the 40 man. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting that, and I'm, I'm sure they've done their due diligence on, uh, Zanino or they wouldn't have signed him, but you know, when they signed him, uh, Chris Antonetti said they expected him, him to do the bulk of the catching this season. So, uh, you know, the, a lot of, there's a big, uh, there's kind of a big question mark around him. Yeah. And it, it I don't expect them to you know, play him right away or play him too much uh, in, in early in spring training. But 
Uh, we'll, we'll see if he's out on the field. I, I didn't mention Bo Naylor because, uh, you know, Bo Naylor as well is going to be one of the, the guys participating in the WBC. Uh, so, so really, in my mind, we've, I've sort of written him off as having a chance to make uh, the opening day roster. Uh, but I, I definitely think we see him at some point uh, during the, the 2023 season uh, up in, in the backup role uh, as, as sort of sitting right there behind Zanino. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. Uh, eventually, the, they'll pick the right time for for Naylor to come up, you know, and and get 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 some experience, and eventually be in the position to uh, become the starting catcher. You know, I was looking at Valerio. He he caught a lot of games last year, and uh, I know he's playing for Columbia in the WBC. You know, I I don't know if that how much that takes him out of the picture for uh, you know opening the season. Uh, in Cleveland, you know, on, on March 30th. But I think he's a guy that that could, you know, he, he could be in the running to be the backup guy initially, you know, the first couple months of the season. Yeah, uh, Collins and um, Gallagher are guys that uh, we're familiar with because they played for, you know, other teams in the Central. We've seen uh, uh, Gallagher with Kansas City and we've seen Collins with uh, the White Sox. Uh, so, you know, uh, whatever they're able to do uh, coming out, if 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 one of them is able to assert himself and and sort of, you know, make a make a name for himself in spring training, maybe there's uh, a role there either, either with Columbus or, uh, you know, maybe one of them makes the the opening day roster if uh, Mabry's Valoria can't uh, can't get it done uh, during camp. Uh, all right, want to pause here for a second and uh, jump in and talk about subtext our uh, our subscription service. Uh, that you can get text messages sent directly to your phone, updates on all the news uh, surrounding the Guardians and everything that we're seeing. Uh, basically, today is is the perfect day uh, to join Subtext uh, for uh, for the season for the Guardians. Uh, sign up for free, and uh, you can. Uh, it's it, it it's actually uh, three ninety nine a month subscription, uh, but you get. Uh, you know, a, a, a test run here uh, and it just get get sort of feel it out, uh, you know, what the, the service is all about, the the messages from Paul and myself, uh, every bit of Guardians news and every bit of insight that we have uh, on the team. You get that first sent to your phone, uh, plus the ability to interact with us and, and text back and text us your questions and have your questions featured in uh, in some of our content on Cleveland.com. Uh, Paul, what do you like about subtext and what do you like about the relationship that that we have with our subscribers? Uh, you know, uh, folks who 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 just love being Guardians fans and uh, getting all of the uh, uh, getting all of the news first uh, in, in that way, straight to their phone. Yeah, it's it's really a good uh, a system, Joe. You know, I get all my uh, hey, Hoinsey questions from all our subscribers, our, our subtext guys, and they keep me on my toes, man. Every week I, I ask them to uh, send in questions and they never fail to, uh, you know, put me to the test. They always come through and it's, you know, it's a good way to, you know, exchange ideas and talk about the team. And uh, we, and also, Joe, you know, it's, it's like you were saying, 
you know, you're, you're getting opinions too. You're, you're getting our viewpoint, our behind the scenes, uh, you know, view of the team. I mean, you know, the news is out there, you know, if they make a trade or something like that, you know, you can get that anywhere, but on subtext, I think you can, you know, we're, we're trying to give you the reason behind the trade that, you know, we're going to try try to take you into the clubhouse, into, into places where you can't go. And, you know, that, that's the fun part of it. Yeah, some of the fun stuff uh, that that we get to see that maybe not everybody's uh, you know privy to on a daily basis. Uh, it's it's a subscription to three ninety nine a month. Uh, you can sign up by going to cleveland.com slash subtext, uh, or uh, if you want to send a text to two one six two zero eight four three four six, that's a, a way to get signed up for it. Uh, they'll send you a link back, and you can you can sign up that way. Uh, it's Guardian subtext. Again, you, you'll hear us talk about it uh, throughout the season. You'll hear us refer to our subtext subscribers uh, throughout the season on this podcast. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just something that, you know, we really look forward to. It's a, it's a part of our, uh, our daily routine now where, uh, you know, the first thing we think about is, hey, what can we, uh, what can we share with the subtext, subtext, what can we share with the subtexters? Uh, even before we go uh, go on and record our daily podcast and even before we, you know, we think to write about something uh, and post it on Cleveland.com, uh, you'll get uh, everything that we know about the Guardians. Uh, it's the the best way uh, to stay uh, stay close and stay in touch. I, I know, uh, you know, we've got some longtime subscribers, guys who, have, who live out in Arizona, uh, folks who live uh, the, the four corners of the country really are, are, are covered by this. So, uh, it's it's nice to stay in touch with uh, Cleveland baseball Guardians fans uh, throughout the uh, the world, really. Um, and, you know, we, we look forward to another great season of doing it. So uh, Guardian subtext again, Cleveland.com slash subtext. Sign up there. There's a picture of Paul and all you got to do is click the button uh, or send a text to 216-208-4346. All right, jumping back in uh, our, our list of uh, sort of camp storylines and questions uh, coming up for uh, Goodyear uh, this year uh, as Paul is getting ready to head out there. Uh, we, we were talking about Bonehaler a minute ago, uh, really one of the, the, the storylines we're following and, and maybe one of the things that you'll, you'll get a subtext on from Paul if he sees him out there uh, is Josh Naylor going to be out there in the outfield. Uh, how, how ready is he uh, to take on a couple of innings in the outfield uh, to, to sort of uh, give some flexibility to Tito's lineup. Yeah, I think it's important, Joe, that that he's able to play out there. And Francona, you know, during, uh, you know, guard fest brought that up, that that he thought that uh, he would like to see uh, Josh, you know, play some right field. Uh, you know, he spent the winter, you know, being able to, you know, really uh, can you have a normal offseason, a normal conditioning program, you know, after uh, really having to concentrate on his uh, right ankle the, the offseason before, after breaking it while playing right field, it should be added. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think uh, he gives uh, Francona some flexibility, another left-handed bat against a right-hander. You know, if you, uh, uh, you know, if if he's if he's able to play right field, and I think he should. He's he played like in 2021. He played like over 70 games in right field. So you know, I think he's he, and I think he'll be more more uh, mobile this time around. So I, I'm anxious to see how how he performs out there. But I, you know, Joe, I think he, he's still going to be his main focus. I think is going to be a DH in first base. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I think that's that that makes uh, Cleveland's lineup better if he's focused and, you know, not worried about playing uh, outfield as much. If he likes playing first base, I think you can tell he likes being in the lineup at first base. It's almost like the uh, the Ahmed Rosario situation where, you know, if he if he can go out there and just play first base and not have to worry about anything else, uh, he's he's more focused in the box and, and more productive at the plate. Uh, I think that's really the case with Josh Naylor too. I think he thinks that first base is his best position and, and where he where he belongs. Uh, yeah, of course, he's going to say that he's he's willing to play anywhere and really to, willing to do anything that the the team asks of him. Uh, but uh, you know, I just get the feeling, get the sense that he's most comfortable at first and and wants to play there. You know, but you, you you're paying Josh Bell too, and 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 he's. Uh, not necessarily a huge upgrade defensively at first base, but he's, you know, maybe uh, at least as good, if not uh, a little bit better than than Josh Naylor. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I, I got to imagine Josh Bell is going to get uh, the majority of of innings at first, particularly against right handed batters. Uh, but uh, and plus, it gives them a chance to to sort of get Naylor off his feet a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I I don't really see him playing a lot of outfield uh, this year, but but uh, if Tito says he's going to try it, then I think he's going to try it. Yeah, and uh, you know I think you know that's it's an option. It gives it gives uh, the manager a little more flexibility. You know you can if if Naylor's playing left field and Bell is playing first base, you you know you can slip maybe an Arias in there at DH or something like that. You know it it gives you uh, you know some some options and you can run different people through that DH spot instead of having just one kind of one one dominant DH. Well, there you go, presupposing that Gabriel Arias is going to be the utility guy. I mean that was the next uh, the next question on my list here was. Who is going to be that utility, and are they going to keep Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman, or is that a a spot where there's a competition uh, to really see who fills that role? Uh, we saw Gabriel Arias. If you want to talk about versatility and flexibility, I mean, this is a guy who can play probably four infield positions and uh, has gotten a little bit of a, a taste of playing in the outfield, uh, whereas Tyler Freeman really has been a a, a second baseman shortstop. Uh, throughout his career, what do you where do you see that competition uh, sort of going, and, and and can they keep both? Yeah, I, you know the way the roster is right now, Joe. I think both of those guys make it. You know, you know I know they're both uh, right-handed hitters. You know, but uh, you know I I think they both make it. And the fact that you know we've seen Arias play first base. I mean, they trusted him to play first base in the postseason last year you know and and he's played a little left field a little outfield so i think that helps him there and uh you know but right now there's 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 really not a whole lot of other options you know is john kenzie noel gonna make the club i i don't think so you know i i mean uh jose tania no uh, brian rocchio probably needs a little more time at triple a i would think you know so you know right now i i would think you know arias and 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 Freeman kind of make the ball club, but you know we'll see. But I, you know, I, but I just think it, it kind of sh- it's shaken out that way. Yeah, I mean, who knows? A trade could happen at some point between now and and the start of the season. And, and you know, ro- uh, roster moves frequently happen. Like when you realize you've got two guys who are are right there and and need to have major league playing time, and you, and you don't have a spot for them. 
you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I, it's, it's been uh, a problem that's been coming for, for the last couple of years. Uh, and really, it's been caused by Ahmed Rosario being as productive as he has been at shortstop. Uh, it's a nice problem to have. But uh, if, if, if Rosario is your starting shortstop uh, for the entire season, then, uh, you know, both of those guys are going to have uh, a real hard time getting their feet on the field at some point. Yeah, you know, and we saw this, uh, you know, kind of last year with Owen Miller. You know, they kind of, you know, forced Miller into to play first base. It wasn't always pretty, but you know, I think, uh, you know, they will, they, they'll, they'll give somebody that's going to get an opportunity here. Uh, you know, Arias or or uh, Freeway to uh, Freeman, I should say, to. Uh, you know, to, to to show if they're ready to play in the big leagues, and you know, the the other question is, they're both pretty young players, and do you, would you rather have them them playing every day at Triple A, you know, or right. have they shown you enough that you think you know you can have them be utility guys and really not hurt their career development? Yeah, but you've got Rocchio, who's going to probably start out the season at Triple A, and and you don't want to block his development. You want him to play yeah. as much as he can every day, so. Uh, you know, it, you, you've got people in front and people behind who are sort of blocking these two guys uh, and, and they're sort of left in limbo uh, right now. And, and you don't want them to turn into what happened to Owen Miller. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a real tough question. Uh, finally, uh, you know, let's close it out with the uh, with how you close out every game with the bullpen. Uh, there's uh, there's probably one, maybe two uh, open spots in that bullpen. Uh, right now, we we went through the list, you and I, uh, before we started recording here. Uh, start with Classe, Karen Chak. Uh, you've got Stefan, uh, Hentges, and uh, Sandlin back there. You've got Eli Morgan back there, and uh, Angel De Los Santos. That's seven. Uh, so yeah. you're really you're really looking for uh, an an eighth spot, uh, an eighth pl- uh, man in that bullpen. Uh, if, if they take eight or nine, uh, what do you think? Um, the, the situation is going to be. Yeah, I like I like Cody Morris in that spot, Joe. I, I know he's a starter, uh, you know, per se, but uh, I thought he really pitched well for them. But there's another, you know, question mark. Would you rather have him, you know, in the rotation at Columbus or or coming out of the pen for you uh, in, in Cleveland? And, you know, I, I think if he's your number six or number seven or number eight starter, you know, you probably have to have him in Columbus getting stretched out. So, you know, that puts you in a position where, you know, you're kind of looking at, you know, is, is Pilkington or do you want Pilkington in the pen or do you want him at Columbus? Do you want, uh, you know, you know, uh, Xavier and Curry in the pen or do you want him in, at Columbus, you know, getting stretched out in the rotation? So, you know, I, they've got a bunch of guys uh, that they brought into camp on minor league deals, Joe. And I think maybe maybe they find a guy there. Maybe they find an arm there that they can, you know, fill out that bullpen with. Yeah, the veteran uh, Tuki Toussaint might be a guy uh, that you you plug into that uh, role. Or maybe you you try to get him to take an assignment uh, to Columbus and, and be the, the, you know, the guy who's the first the first call up and the first call to to add an arm when you need one. Because you're definitely going to need one. You always need one. There's There's always a need. Uh, and, and who knows? Uh, you, you can't put Pilkington in the in the relief role. You've got to save him for uh, one of his, you know, seven projected uh, rainout <laughs> starts uh, for the season this year. Uh, who knows? Oh, what do you think the over under is is uh, is going to be set at for uh, 
uh, Guardians uh, rain dates with uh, double headers where oh, you know, where somebody has to come up and and, and pitch uh, the second game for them. Uh, let, let's set it at five and a half. You taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over, Joe. If if last year is if there's a rollover from last year, how many how many did we have last year? Like ten, eleven? Uh, it was it was close to that. Yeah, it was like a they they played what twenty two uh, doubleheader games or something like that. It was yeah, it was insane. And one was caused by COVID, but <laughs> the, the rest was ba- by bad weather. And I I don't think the weather's changed that much in Cleveland. Do you? Well, uh, it was 60 degrees earlier this week, and uh, right now we're looking at snow. So, yeah, the weather is, uh, has been quite volatile, I think, uh, and will continue to be that way. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not predicting anything out of the, uh, the, the ordinary by saying that. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, April 7th, man. <laughs> That's, uh, what, what's it going to be? It, it, it could be 65 and sunny. It could be. 34 and rainy who knows uh what the what the deal is um i'm certainly hoping that uh it's it, it's looking good uh when you guys get back to town uh Hoinsie, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the cleveland baseball talk podcast uh spring training set to get underway as uh, pitchers and catchers report and uh, wbc players are are there uh let's 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 get it going yeah, definitely. It's time, Joe. It's time to to get rolling. The uh, baseball's in the air right now. All right. We'll talk to you from Goodyear on Monday. <laughs>